Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and this is another interview series, and I have Lucy O'Brien over at IGN. How are you? Hello, Prince. I am well. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I have listened uh, to several episodes since you drew my attention to it, and I'm a big fan, so it's an (laughs) honor to be here. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to the show and supporting the show. We honestly... Huge, huge, huge honor to get you onto this show. So thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, But I'm going to finish up the little spiel and we'll jump into some questions. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. Um, I think I got cut off there. My apologies. Uh, but if I pledge on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Oh, the power of the internet. <laughs> Just gotta an, love it, don't you? It's an you? understatement. It's an understatement, Chris. <laughs> well, thank you once again, Lucy. This has been an absolute pleasure. Um, first question that I do have for you. How often do people get you mixed up with uh, Lucy James over oh, at GameSpot? <laughs> well, quite, I mean, quite a lot, especially because we moved over to the United States at roughly the same time. So Lucy James <laughs> moved over maybe like a handful of months before I did. Oh, that's so uh, and funny. Then, and then I moved over and we both moved over to San Francisco and we, like our offices, <laughs> so the GameSpot offices and the IGN offices are on the same street in San Francisco yep. as well. So They're so close. So, so, so close. And like obviously, yeah, there was a little bit of mix-up. We are aesthetically extremely different. Like we, we look very not alike. Right. Um, but yeah, like occasionally we do, we do get, you know, mixed up with one another, but, uh, I, I, I don't mind because I think Lucy James is one of the most delightful humans on the planet. So it's an honor to be, to be mistaken for her any day of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. She was actually on the show and I, I was talking to a couple of colleagues and they were just like, I was like, yeah, I'm getting Lucy O'Brien on the show. And they're like, again, I'm like, no, 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 no. Lucy O'Brien from IGN. They're like, yeah, did, wasn't she on? You guys talked about true crime. I was like, no, 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 that's Lucy James. <laughs> it's, a whole, it's a whole different one. Whole I mean, different world. You know, we've both got like we're both from the sort of like Commonwealth nations, and right, and and our accents are a little different, but yeah, very, very. Yeah. You know, we we are separate <laughs> entities outside of that. Absolutely, no. It's I I, I can see how the mix up can happen, but like you said. Lucy James is an absolute delight. She's fantastic. Um, but jumping into a little bit more of the horror knowledge stuff, because obviously we are a horror movie podcast, but we briefly had an introduction with each other over on Twitter. And mm-hmm. I, I don't initially how too much of it went down, but I, I know it was through an initial post of some kind. And um, someone kind of shouted me out in that post and we ended up following each other off of that. Um, so I would love to know, like what initially sparked your interest, um, into horror and what was that initial, like focal point for you to be like, yep, this is my jam. This is going to be my genre. I'm definitely in for it. 
So, okay. So my dad growing up was very, very into horror. I grew up with uh, a, a dad. He was who collected uh, books and, and, and videos and old relics of, you know, <laughs> like, like he was just, he loved sort of pop culture history. Um, and, and he collected horror, horror books primarily. Uh, and when I was a kid, he would read to me, um, like short stories. Uh, he was the one that would read to me at night. Like he would be like, he would come in and he would sit there and he'd read a short story, like some, some Richard Matheson thing, you know? Um, (laughs) and it, it was, it was really I was really unnerved, but I loved it because he loved it. So I never, horror for me was very, it was introduced to me at a very young age by my, by my dad. Uh, And it, and because of that, it became kind of a comfort uh, as well as something that, that was a thrill. Like it's, it was, it was a strange combination because like horror, horror is inherently horrific, right? It's in the name. Right. Um, and and it, it's meant to scare you. But uh, because my dad introduced it to me, I also associate it with, with him and with, and with comfort and with uh, a respect for its lineage. So he was the guy that introduced me to horror in the first place. And obviously, as I got older, we moved, uh, you know, it wasn't just short stories. He introduced me to, to like iconic uh, films. He was the one who introduced me to. We watched the uh, the Evil Dead together, for example. Wow, that's um, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> which was wild. He fast forwarded the tree scene, uh, but that was the only thing he fast forwarded. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing he fast forwarded, and everything else was, uh, you know, uh, we watched together, and you know, Jaws and Deliverance, and and very much like horror classics one hundred and one, but. Again, he was the one introducing them to me at such a young age that, uh, yeah, that I that that was where my horror uh, love really began to, to to blossom. And and now, as as a, a fully fledged adult, um, <laughs> I you know I still have that love. I, I still think it's one of the. I, I still think it's the superior genre for. Uh, for social issues storytelling, especially in 2020. I agree. Um, and I am so happy that it just keeps going from strength to strength. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it, it, and I, 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 love, I love the history of horror. I love the, the splatter years and the, and the slashy yeah. years and, and all that sort of stuff, but I love where horror is now specifically. Like I'm, I'm right. really excited for it. I, 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 I'm just very stoked uh, right. to be a horror fan right now. <laughs> it's a good time for us. And initially, even with all of that uh, conjunction of you growing up with the stories and then transitioning it into more of the movies and things like that, where you got the evil Ted in there, which is awesome. I, I assume and you're, you're from New Zealand, correct? I am. And like, a, and another thing to note, Prince, is I was in a really privileged position because in New Zealand, we didn't have, uh, there were a lot of movies that were kind of unavailable to us because they were only like printed on VHS in the United States or or the UK even like we didn't really have um, that influx of um, we didn't have uh, there were a lot of movies that weren't available to us and my dad he still he still owns it to this day but he ran a, 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 a record store that also sold videos like VHS tapes Oh wow! He um, still has it. He still has it. He just That's he actually amazing. he's retiring, so he's okay. Uh, so he still has it. I mean, sort of you know an overview of it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but he's had it for so many years. And and but the thing is, is he would he would import right. 
So he would import right. the, the tapes that he wanted, the DVDs that he wanted as we got into that era. Uh, and so I had a lot more available to me in New Zealand, uh, a lot more horror available to me in New Zealand than I, I think a lot of my, you know, like peers would have. And, and I was yeah. really lucky in that regard. Right. Because uh, I, I remember I, I took a... I don't even know if you can call this a sabbatical or whatever, but initially I, I was in this program when I was about 15 or 16 and I lived in Australia and New Zealand for, um, for about three, four months. And oh, no way. Uh, when I, yeah. And when I was there, it was extremely hard to get horror films. And I was like, I was like, damn, like I, I went to every video store and I, w- I was in uh, Christchurch for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, from there I went to Auckland. Um, and, um, and when I was mainly in Auckland, because I was I was really trying to get brain dead, and, right? Of course, uh, Peter yeah. Jackson's flick. And when I was trying to get that, it was so hard for me to find it. And I don't know why. I just for some for some reason I just could not find this movie. And um, I ended up finding it oddly in Australia. Okay, and I think I still have it um, on VHS somewhere in like my grandma's house or something. I love but, that. I mean, that's crazy to me because like I, it was very available to me like growing up in Wellington. Right. So I, maybe you were just like unfortunately <laughs> surrounded by some really crappy, you know, I video just, rental places. Yeah, I don't think I just hit up any good spots. And I was even asking like uh, certain locals like, like, hey, like where's like I want like deep down like give me the good stuff right? this is what i want um, <laughs> this is why I, i'm I, here <laughs> exactly and i was and i remember hearing about this in the states and it was it was banned here at the time mm-hmm. um and i was just like i need to see this fucking movie i need to see this movie yeah i kept hearing about the soup scene and all sorts of, i was like i need to see this movie <laughs> so uh when i finally got my hands on it i was like great this is awesome i got it and i wanted a dvd copy of it but um initially i was fine with the vhs i was like i got a, a, a vcr at home i could go ahead and just wait until i get home i'm antsy but i could wait it's fine i could wait um i ended up finding the dvd version um when i was actually <laughs> going on the plane to fiji <laughs> and i was like shit all right well i'm gonna buy this too then so i ended up buying it watching um Oh my gosh! And it, it it blew me away. It's it blew me away, and I was like, "This movie's gross. It's hilarious. I've never seen anything like this before." And I I'm so happy. But I, I love <laughs> I love that you love it because for me, growing up, it was all filmed in Wellington, which is where I grew up. So right. uh, the baby scene in the park um, in Dead Alive. Oh, yeah, that's. I I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to I used to play in that park when I was a little kid. That was that's oh, a park sure. in in the Wellington Botanical Gardens. So I used to play there. So that that whole scene was like always brings back memories. I mean, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's very slapstick, but like that whole scene evokes you know my childhood for me. But like right. I also I you know brain dead slash dead alive. Like I I, I do want to touch on the fact that it does contain one of the most disgusting like genuinely nauseating scenes in horror movie history. And it's a horror it comedy. The, like I understand it's right. it's played for laughs, but at the same time, the custard scene, oh, I, I like, for me, I still can't watch that. And I, I've seen it so many times. It's a rough scene. And it's I still can't scene. watch it and just be like, yeah, Oh, I like I've seen this a million times. I like I'm totally cool with it. No, it still it still makes me feel sick. It's like something yeah. to do with the the sound effects and the oh, yeah, whatever they sounding. use for the the sort of pussy blood that goes into the custard. Ugh. 
and it's like a greenish bread. Uh, oh, it's, uh, it's just yeah, it's and gross. the the sound that he makes when he scoops it into his mouth, and it's like. Ugh. You know, they, like Peter Jackson. Very yeah, exactly. He really played that up. Um, so yes, like if if you if anyone listening hasn't seen that movie, please oh, check yeah. it out because it will make please. you feel sick in all of the right ways. Oh, one hundred percent. And 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 even today, I know we're recording this in advance, everybody. But even today, uh, what was also released for a teaser was. Uh, uh, it's not, I want to say David Cronenberg so bad, but it's his son, Brandon. Uh, Brandon Cronenberg, um, his movie Processor, um, just got a teaser announced today. And holy shit, wow. The, like, it, it looks horrifying in all of the right ways. And it, it's just, just like you said earlier, like, it, now is a really good time to be a horror fan because we are getting so many interesting type of horror films. Yeah. And with those particular movies that we're getting now, it's just so fascinating seeing how um, how far we've come and even ways of how we're reverting back to more of a giallo style of movies with the Italian boom and so on and so forth. But it's just so interesting seeing how playful um, and how much fun people are having. Like there's a, a initially, I want to say it's called... Um, Actually, I'm blanking on the name, but it's a it's a movie that's set all during quarantine, and it's I haven't seen it yet, but um, it should be out. I want to say sometime in September, but or August. Um, but it's set in quarantine, but it's initially a tech horror movie where it's all filmed on Zoom. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just like, I, yeah, this is exactly what I want. This is this is what I want. I don't want any more zombie movies. I like, even though I, I do enjoy zombie movies, but I don't want any more. I, I get a little burnt out. And this is something so refreshing and so not new. We've, we've seen this with Unfriended and, and Searching and stuff like that. But it's it's just so refreshing to see that more people are going to take that in, into consideration. Where it's totally. just like, let's just film this on the internet and let's just see what we can come up with and let's see what we can do. We'll send you some props and all this other stuff. So you know, build stuff and let's, let's see what happens. And I absolutely love that idea and that risk that a lot of people are taking. And it, it, no one's trying to make these theatrical summer blockbusters are just like, Nope, let's just release these on shutter and Netflix and see what happens. Let's just see how many people actually like our shit and just go from there. No, no, 100, like 100%. And again, I think that this is where horror is so versatile. And you mentioned (laughs) unfriended because I, you know, I think that was a really underrated series. Like I, I I actually really like them. I think unfriended, like the, the first one in particular was, was, uh, a lot of fun. It was really well done, and it was a, it was a it's a good low budget horror movie, and that that right. did something different. And I like I love a good low budget horror movie that does something different. You know, I think we've Same. seen some of the most interesting horror movies in the last several years sort of fit into that space. Um, right. And you know, like quarantine is kind of quarantine is not going to stop horror. Like that's the right. thing; it's going to stop. Of course, it's going to stop up the big. Uh, blockbusters. We're not seeing right. any kind of like big, you know, yeah, Marvel. You're not going to see Black Widow. We don't, exactly. <laughs> We're not going to see any of that shit. And that's like, and that is what it is, right? But like horror persists and horror has always been able to persist because it can, right. it, it, it sneaks through the crack of the door, you know, like people are so inventive with horror and, Absolutely. and, and, and I, I love that, that 
shelter in place is not stopping horror movie makers from from making the shit they want to make. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's it's a beautiful thing to see. Um and I I want I want more horror directors to take those risks and um initially just see what they can create because a, a lot of cool shit has come out of this and I'm enjoying the process so far. And I just I, I am just really, really excited to see where this goes. Um another question I do have for you, Lucy, is um now, this is a harder question, mm-hmm. to be completely honest, but I'm going to break this down a little bit for you to make it a little bit easier for yourself. Um, what are your favorite horror subgenres? And we can go top three, but then I'm going to follow that up with what are your favorite horror movies? And we're, gonna go, <laughs> and we're also going to go top five with those. So let's do the top three of your favorite subgenres first. Oh, <laughs> I know this God. is such a tough question. That is a tough question. <laughs> um, I mean, it's... for many years, it was splatter. Um, oh, wow, yeah. I, 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 think, I think mainly because... So you're a gore girl. You, you, you like gore. Oh, well, I love gore and because it was, it was homegrown. Like you just mentioned, Fair like enough. you mentioned Dead Alive, Fair like enough. like that is homegrown for me. That's what I got. Like we all grew up with Peter Jackson splatter movies um, yep. Meet the Feebles, uh, Dead Alive, Brain oh. Slash Brain Dead, um, and Bad Taste. You know, we we grew oh. up with those because they were uh, they were. You know, I studied those in in at at, at uni. Like I, I yeah. in my film, I, I did a film degree, and that's you know we studied Peter Jackson's movies, and it's like it, you know it was very much integrated into the New Zealand upbringing. And obviously, there is there are a ton of other splatter movies that 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 I adore, but. There is something that I that I love about Splatter. I love the practical effects. I love mm-hmm. I love the sort of the goofiness that that comes along with 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 Splatter. I love the visceral reaction Splatter gets from people. Um, <laughs> I, I, it like it, it's a it's a subgenre that I've always been really attracted to, and it, it's never yeah. it would never translate uh, to to digital. You know, it's a very right. it's a very practical effects subgenre and I've always loved it for that reason. I can't wait until you see that teaser to Possessor then. Well like, I, 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 I haven't it seen it. No, I've got to I've got to watch it. Like I Yeah, like because it's it's only a red band teaser too. So I I really cannot wait until you check that out. It's like maybe a minute and fifteen seconds, but it is already brutal and you can tell what we're gonna get ourselves into soon. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. I'm like I'm 100 percent in. I'm I'm, I'm fully <laughs> fully committed. Oh. Um. In terms of other subgenres, like I've never been a, a super massive slasher fan. Um, sure. Completely. You know what I mean? Like I've never really like I I know I've watched all the greats. Love all the greats. Um. I'm more into like psychological horror. Like. I, yeah. I, I, I'm more into the sort of the the horror that gets under your skin, and I think yeah. again we're seeing a lot of that recently. Like I I watched, um, I think it was uh, we, we you and I were chatting about it, The Lodge recently. Oh, oh, like you know, it just it, you know, it's what it, sort of psychological horrors. I mean, I'm not even sure if we 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 classify this as a subgenre per se, but it, like the because it's so broad, but right. uh, but sort of those types of horrors that don't uh revel in in the blood and gore and in in it in it right. you know any of the traditional more traditional sort of mind. horror tropes but yeah plays with the mind you know rosemary's yeah. baby of course was like one of the sort right. of early um 
earlier uh, fantastic examples of this, like just one of those movies that sort of flips the script. And, 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 you know, I, I, again, I think this is where we're seeing some of the really uh, fantastic uh, social, more, sort of more socially minded horror movies come out right now. Right. Like Hereditary, for example, and, and, yeah. the, and, and, and the Babadook. Uh, oh, man. These, these sorts of movies where you think it's one thing and, so. and, and then you realize you're sort of in the mind of someone else. Right. Uh, and, and, and you never quite know, you, you can never sort of find your bearings. And it, then it, it, you know, the, the movie ends and you're just sort of left breathless and you realize that you've been taken on this extraordinarily like mental fuck up of a ride. <laughs> and it's just, it's, yeah. and I, I, you know, I've always, I've always loved that. Same. I, I'm right there with you. It's, it's funny because I, I, I want to say our genres matched pretty damn close and for for me personally um i don't mind gore and gore actually doesn't really affect me too much um a lot of people don't know this about me but i actually went to a medical high school back in fresno california oh no way okay yeah yeah uh and fresno's a God, Fresno. If any fans out there in Fresno, I'm sorry. I lived there for a bit. It fucking sucks. So uh, Fresno, uh, while I was going there, went to McLean Medical Academy. And while going there, I actually got to work on bodies and, and initially dead things. So gore doesn't really bother me too much, but it is. it was so cool seeing like Autopsy of Jane Doe, for example. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... I'm so intrigued on how like gore is going to evolve yeah. in this now new day and age. Um, Same. It, 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 it seems like it seemed like for a second we were almost kind of going back towards like the gore porn stuff um, and not necessarily torture porn, but more gorish. Um, but now it seems like we're kind of taking another step back and really trying to hyper-focus. But then you get something like Possessor, which is uh, being distributed by Neon for all studios. And I'm, I'm sure A24 is going to have this probably with St. Maud and, and, and so on and so forth. So it's it's going to be so intriguing. And then we get Antlers later as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. there's just so many pieces to all of this. And my go-to is psychological horror, just like yourself. That is my main, that's my jam. Psychological <laughs> horror is my jam. Right? Absolutely like, adore it. It is, yeah. A- again, it's broad and and it's it's like, okay, so, you know, you can categorize uh, gore into several, like you can almost sort of categorize gore into its own sort of subgenres. So, so you know, you've got splatter and then you've got body right. body horror, you know, the, right. Cronen- the Cronenberg stuff. The Cronenberg and, stuff, oh man. And, um, and like even more, slightly more recently, uh, something like Starry Eyes fits into that. Uh, oh into yeah, that, sure. Into that subgenre. And I, and like, I, I, I do have a soft spot for, for, for body horror as well. Um, but psychological, <laughs> it's same, but like psychological horror kind of almost envelops body horror because it's like, it is, Absolutely. it is very much a, a, it's a very broad subgenre of horror. Uh, there's so much to it and there are so many ways you can categorize it. Uh, but yeah, when I, when I sort of think about the horror that I love nowadays, it's, it's, it is stuff that, that has something to say. And I, I always think that yeah. horror has had something to say. Uh, yeah. even if that's something to say is, is like, let's subvert the, the slasher film or let's, uh, yeah. 
you know, let's, I mean, the torture porn era wasn't my favorite, but. Sure. It, it was, it was a rough one, but there were so many booms during that time. There right? were. I mean, we had the slasher resurgence. We had the Western Asian boom. Yeah. And it, it was, just, it was just so, so many different types of booms during that era. Yeah, and again, like I don't, I, there's no sort of one period of horror. I, I know we're going off on a tangent, but there's no sort of one no period of, of horror where I'm like, I'm really like that was a that was a shitty time for horror because it's like right. no, like every single era of horror has uh, has helped grow it to where it is now, and it's Absolutely. always it's constantly splintering off from its history and going and you know calling back and weaving through and and like I love the fact that horror is this sort of constantly evolving beast and I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, same. Yeah. Oh, same. <laughs> now, I, I gave you a little bit of time there uh, to think about your five horror films. What, what would you say? And here's the thing, when, I guess, rules. You don't have to rank them. It, and there is no worst to best. Um, and you can also change your mind. Okay. So your top five. All right. My top five horror films. Okay. Now, let me do the caveat of this is just how I feel today. Because Perfect. like there's no there's no such thing as a top five anything because your life is that constantly is changing and your tastes are right. constantly changing and and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, horror is a mood. Like <laughs> horror is such a mood. <laughs> um, I, I mean, like you know, there's part of me that sort of judges myself for my top horror picks because they have they 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 haven't changed significantly. Sure. for a while uh, and they are you know very common and like I, I say that straight up but when I when I sort of tell you these 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 picks it's because they had such a profound effect on me right. and and they they've sort of changed me right so the exorcist would be one that I continually obsess over and and watch I had I had the exorcist poster in my bedroom growing up. Uh, awesome. You know, from, from age 13 until I moved out of my parents' house when I was 18, I had mm. that poster in my bedroom, like my childhood bedroom that also had like a Holy bunch shit. of stickers on the door. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was like, it's, yeah. it's... Hell yeah. I was so, so... I hope my kid just is is like you. <laughs> <laughs> and like you as well. Come on. <laughs> true, uh, true, yeah. Exactly, you know, exactly. Um. But The Exorcist really, like, it was, there, there are a couple of the, and I won't go on and on because I know we have limited time. Uh, no but, but The Exorcist was the one movie that my dad, who was uh, a lapsed Catholic, uh, oh. said that I, that I couldn't watch growing up. Okay. He, he said, he was, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he was the the guy that let me watch basically whatever I wanted. I just had to call. I would go down to this video store and, I, like, I just had to call him and he'd give permission for me to rent it because I was underage. So, oh, he, sure. let, you know, he let me watch whatever, but he said, do not watch The Exorcist. Like, that fucked me wow. up. Do not watch it. Anyway, of course, that made me want to watch it like a thousand of times it's more. It's the forbidden fruit. It's now. the forbidden fruit. <laughs> it's like it, like my parents were so open about things, uh, apart from smoking and The Exorcist, and of course, I picked up both. Sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it was on TV really late one night, and I stayed yeah. and I, I I stayed up and secretly 
watched it on the like the small TV that was kind of in another mm. room that my parents would have no idea was turned on. And I watched it uh, a little, like a little too young, a little too young. Sure, sure. I'm, um, sure, that, I'm sure that spider crawl scene gotcha. Yeah, I actually, I think, <laughs> like, and and Prince, I, I say this with like, I am in my mid thirties, so I don't even <laughs> think that the spider crawl scene was in the version that I watched because oh, the, sure. the spider crawl scene came later. Uh, in like the director's cut, and this was right. this was the original the theatrical. theatrical cut from the seventies yeah. that I was watching on New Zealand television, which, in my opinion, is actually better. Well, it, it's it, so it, hard to find now. It is. It is hard to find. I mean, yeah, it's. It was. It. 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 It fucked me up, man. Like it oh, fucked no. me up. Like it was oh. like the way that I've always described it is like I felt I like I'd watched so much gory, yeah. fun horror. And then right. I was... This one was serious. And this one was serious. And it was serious in a way that I hadn't anticipated because, mm-hmm. you know, for me growing up, like everyone at school was talking about it, like the miniseries. And oh, it's like, sure, yeah. You know, and it's like that was the scariest thing anyone could comprehend. And even that was pretty... I mean, that was low budget as shit and it was really goofy, um, but Seriously, that was, it was. It was, but that was kind of like the height of of um, what was perceived as as being frightening during the nineties, which is when I right. was when I was growing up. And uh, and The Exorcist was was forbidden, and and it was. And when I watched it, I realized why. And I, I knew when I watched it that uh, that I was seeing something like I was stepping into shoes that were too big for me. Um, oh wow. But it also you still, you still watched it. Though. I I watched it and it 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 really it really hit me. And years, many <sighs> many years later, I realized why my dad was so reluctant for me to see it. I mean, again, fair enough. You know, I, I'm I'm sure it touched him on some kind of different angle as like a a, a guy who grew up in a Catholic uh, faith. Right. I, I myself didn't. Um, sure. But uh, it was also just really profoundly disturbing. Like, right. I, you know, and it's meant to be disturbing. Exactly. And uh, even William Friedkin, he was he was such a horrible director to work with yeah, on top yeah. of it all. Like, yeah, he did, like he actually broke poor Linda Blair's back and like with that little machine. And she was actually calling for her real mom for yeah. in that scene. And it's just like, oh, my God. And he kept it in the movie. And yeah. when he throws I'm looking on her name, but when he throws the mom and she hits the wall. That oh, was Ellen also Besson. real. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And God. but it, it, it's also, I mean, aside from Friedkin's sort of monstrousness, it's uh, it is one of those movies that every time I watch it, I do pick up on something new. Like there's something Absolutely. that I like a little thing that I hadn't, a little sort of way of like I I suddenly will think about a scene in a different way. Absolutely. Uh, it, it has got it's got so many layers to it, and it is so. Uh, it's 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 beautifully done. It's a it's a beautifully horrible film, and it's yeah, it's never left me. It will never leave me. It is it is one of those movies that I will read everything about and 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 
absorb until the day I die. Like I love it. <laughs> so, so you're not on the train of Exorcist Three is better than The Exorcist. I mean, I've seen The Exorcist Three a couple of times, and I absolutely think it's terrifying as hell. But I'm not on that train. No, not on that train. Like, I'm right, not. I'm not enough. that. Hey. Prince, I'm not that far up my own ass that I think that The Exorcist <laughs> 3 is better than The Exorcist. Come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. I do if think there I, were no Exorcist, there would be no Exorcist 3. But also, <laughs> I, I, I acknowledge the fact that The Exorcist 3 is very underrated. It is a terrifying it, film. It's yeah. really scary, but it is it no Exorcist. It's a different, it's one a different of the, thing. It definitely is. Mm-hmm. The Exorcist 3 plays more like a slasher than a paranormal a psychological film. Yeah, it's just, it's got some incredibly disturbing scenes that, again, didn't leave my brain. But I I think, you know, it was unfortunate that it came off the heels of The Exorcist 2, which was like one of the most boring horror sequels I've ever seen in my life. So boring. What the hell? It was was just, it felt like you were watching the History Channel. (laughs) And it was just, it was going way too deep in the lore. And I was like, damn, dude, this shit's for the birds i don't think i've ever even finished uh the exorcist 2 actually which is what the heretic yeah the heretic and it was so boring uh, yeah i don't think i've ever finished it i probably got maybe an hour and a half in i was like how much longer of this movie oh my god this movie is almost two and a half hours no thanks i'm done i'm done i'm done done. i don't want to watch it it was the star wars prequels of of exorcist movies it was so tedious uh, I, I don't even yeah i can't even imagine it nowadays uh, probably even more boring now i'm sure but no you're right the exorcist 2 is boring and it's a fact everyone and it's true. <laughs> it is a fact it is a true story uh what, what else you got what else you got on your list there all right like by the way i can go a little bit longer than i originally said seeing as we start a little bit later and i just oh, sure. I, and i want to keep talking to you so yeah like let's not <laughs> let's not stop this train because it's left the station um, yeah well, all right well, let's keep it going i mean all time okay all time horror movies uh I would say, again, I'm so pedestrian. Uh, I would say <laughs> The Thing, like The Thing is sure. another is another one that I've watched over and over again. I think primarily so because it's so meticulously crafted as a movie. Yeah. It's so beautifully done. Uh, every single frame matters. Every single character beat is believable. And, like, it is the effects the effects are so so good and it's just absolutely it's just yeah i mean we don't need to dwell on the thing because like everyone yeah, loves the thing but so that's true it's, yeah, <laughs> i don't think i've met a single person who doesn't like the thing but yeah <laughs> it's just it is it's one of those movies that and again i i showed it to my girlfriend uh like a couple of weeks ago because she'd never seen it and Ooh. and she thought it was she thought it was fantastic and this is you know this is a That's movie awesome. that is that is really old but the effects yeah. still hold up so yeah that, that stomach scene oh my god when, when he's trying to oh fuck it just the idea of the thing in general is something that is just so smart it is where it's just like like it, it i don't know if you remember that show um Oh, fuck, what is it called? Uh, I, I want to say it's called Martin Mystery. Have you ever heard of that show? I have not. Is it a, like a U.S. thing that I might have missed? Or like? No, it was from Canada. And okay. it was more specifically more in like the Montreal um, side of Canada. Um, so I guess Canadian French. Um, but th- 
this show was something that would come on always super late. And it was a cartoon. Right. And it would always come on super late on some bumfuck Nickelodeon 2.0. Like knockoff? Uh, yeah. Like it was, it was so <laughs> weird. But I loved this show so much. Yeah. And it actually, um, you probably know this show, Totally Spies. I have heard of Totally Spies. Yes. So it's the same creator as of that. Um, but initially his wife helped him create Totally Spies. And, and Martin Mystery was like his baby. And with Martin Mystery, yeah, it was they had an episode that was based off of the thing. And honestly, I would say if I find that if I find that episode, because you can find most of most of Martin Mystery on YouTube, I honestly would highly encourage you to watch that episode just just that one. And okay, I'm I'm sold. I'm so totally sold. Well done, and it is like probably one of the most scariest things you would see as like for in the eyes of a child. And I just remember that so vividly of how it would just pass on from host to host. And yeah. It's just, oh, oh my God. Okay. That, I'm, I think that's why I'm season three of Stranger Things was my favorite mm-hmm. um, based off of the fact that it was pretty much the thing. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it was, and it was also it pretty much. It was, was also the categorically thing. the best season of Stranger Things, I think. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. I completely agree. I, God, the bathroom when I love how it was a slap in the face for most people who wanted Steve to date uh Maya Hawk's character. Yeah. And when she came she was like, dude, like me and you, not even the same spectrum. Yeah. I love and it. I, I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. I was just like, this is phenomenal. This yeah. is the more type of stuff that we need. Yeah. Like, I love it. Like, like in I love that horror always has taken that step into um, uh, more of like a, of a queer side of horror and things like that. I absolutely love when they introduce stuff like that. And I even wish like in the Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I wish they would have leaned into it fully because. Agreed. Like, I mean, it was, oh. oh, I so agree. And it just wasn't the right time. Right. Like it just like, you know, it there was. It wasn't the right time, but yeah. I, I mean, like the, 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 it, like out of control, it's not subtext, it's ridiculous overtones of that movie. Oh yeah. Uh, it, oh, yeah. I, you the, know, the, the, the whipping with the towel the, <laughs> and the super duper seductive scene of when Freddie finally meets him and like, he's holding his face I know. and they're like touching nose. And I'm just like, I'm like, like, whoa, this is, this is awesome. Like this, I like like this is I like this. This I is was, great. Like I want more of of, of this to to be because it, it's 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 a beautiful introduction of like your world is so much bigger than this. Exactly, like, there are so many different types of people in this world, and I absolutely adore it. And yeah, it, it's weird. I, I was actually having a conversation with a friend the other day, and sorry to tangent this. No, as no, well, no, 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 no. Let's tangent but, away. <laughs> um and. Initially, it was it, it was when people were doing this on Twitter, where they were kind of showing their flags and, and things like that for a celebration of um, of Pride. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a buddy of mine was just like like asked me like, "Hey, well, do you consider yourself straight?" And I was like, I was "Like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's very odd." Um, and I initially started explaining what I felt, right? And he, and he was like, "Oh, you're a demi." I was like, I have no idea what that means. And he's like, like, oh, like you like you're attracted to emotion, pretty much. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> like, and like he showed me that there was a flag for it and everything. I just started going into it. I was like, 
yep, that's me. Like it's just it's like I've I've always have found just a spectrum of both people to be pretty cool. I've never experimented, but I've always found that to be pretty cool on both sides. And like, for example, I think David Muir is a very attractive man on the board tonight <laughs> news. And it's just like, that doesn't necessarily mean I would want to sleep with him, but he's attractive. I was like, he's a very good looking man. I don't mind looking at this man at all. And I, I, I also think friends, like not to like, I also think that horror, horror has always been, has always uh, attracted people who are more open-minded right. than uh, absolutely than any other genre, and 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 not to like de- derail this too much, but I I've got my own little anecdote where I was in the the elevator the other day with a uh, I was wearing a Fangoria t-shirt. Oh, nice! Was and it the Pride one? No, it wasn't the Pride oh, okay. one. But like, I was in my building, and I live in my building with my with my female partner, mm-hmm. and um. You know, I got in the elevator with this gay guy who lives on my floor and we've never really spoken before, but we were stuck in this elevator uh, with our masks and everything. And he noticed the shirt and he said, "Uh, I feel like queer people are so attracted to horror. I don't know why. Because it like he he you know he 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 initially just saw the shirt and he was like I feel like queer people are just so into horror and I'd never really you know I I I've I've always known that to be true, but I've sure. never really given it a hell of a lot of thought and I think what you know right. what you were saying just now makes a lot of sense to me because horror is a it's not a conservative genre it is a it no. is a it yeah. is a genre where sort of anything goes and it's there right. to explore all facets of human identity and, and absolutely and gender and it's and 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 yeah and emotion and I like 100%. That, that's why my best friends and and the people who I'm attracted to in life are generally horror fans <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it and I, I even remember talking to Brian um Brian Altano mm-hmm. and he was telling me he was like yeah dude like you need to get Lucy on the show and 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 I was like, I, I, I was like, we're working on it actually. We're we're still chopping up dates. He was like, oh shit! Like, do you want me to talk to her? Like, is she on the fence? I was like, I don't think so. She sounds pretty excited. And he's like, are you sure? Like, is she like, <laughs> like, okay, all right, let's get her here. <laughs> and Altano um, is another is another big horror fan. So yeah, he oh yeah he oh man it, it it's, it's so fun because it, it it's interesting. More people in the video game sphere has wanted to be on my show than people who are actually in the horror industry sphere, which (laughs) makes sense because like horror industry folks, they talk about it all the time and they're probably a little burnt out versus um, more of the video game folks are just like, dude, no, I talk about video games all the time. Yes, let's 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 talk about horror movies. Yes, exactly. I all I want, (laughs) all I want, Prince, is to talk about horror movies like 24 seven. Like I this is just this is cathartic for me. I love it. I love it. So give me a little bit more time. I I, I know we got three more movies for you there. (laughs) Okay. So I've decided to change tact because I don't, I I feel like talking about like the boring classics that I love is, is, is not super interesting. So I've decided to, to change my angle to horror movies that I adore that maybe people don't know or aren't like, you know, like less I'm down. Ob- yeah, the deep less cuts. less obvious. I mean, I'm not talking. Yeah. I'm not talking deep, deep, but movies okay. again that I that I sort of am obsessed with and have been obsessed with 
my whole life. So uh, In the Mouth of Mad- Madness is my next one. Oh. <laughs> oh. Like that is, that is the, the, that wow. movie. Um, wow. I just need to look up when it was made. You are uh, the first person to ever say that. And I, oh, I applaud you. 1994. So oh. um, and, you know, like it, it is, it is a, a, a carpenter and, but it's a less, it's a less applauded carpenter. And I remember I saw that again, like, you know, so many of the horror films that I, that I still say are my favorite uh, films that I saw when I was younger. And then I revisited later as an adult uh, and, and they still stood up. Uh, And in the mouth of madness is one of those movies. It is just, it's, 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 it got under my skin. I used to, I used to live next door to a, a, a public school. I used to go to the school when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had this playground. And I used to have this nightmare when I was a kid of like walking past the playground at night and seeing someone mm-hmm. on a bike just go round and round and round in the dark. Uh, oh and for some God, reason that, that scared, that scared the hell out of me, this nightmare that I had. It was, a, it was oh my God. way too fucking subtle a nightmare for a nine-year-old to have, you know. <laughs> um, but I saw it in the Mouth of Madness and, of course, there's that scene when they're on the road and it's pitch black. Oh, sure. And mm-hmm. there's that, 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 like, guy on a bicycle. Yeah. Uh, and the way that it suddenly it's wrong you know i think right. i think that's the best way i can sort of describe in the mouth of madness is like the, yeah. the tagline should be like suddenly it's wrong because everything <laughs> in that film tips itself on its side and what you think is a, a sort of a thing that you acknowledge to be real is suddenly yeah. unreal but it's done in a really uh, subtle weird creepy way I don't know if you've ever read that short story, uh, Crouch End by Steve. It's a Stephen King short story called Crouch End. Um, mm. If you haven't, uh, so. if you haven't, I'll send it your way. It's in in the in uh, dreams, uh, nightmares and dreamscapes. One of his uh, oh, cheers. Yeah, I would love of to short stories. That yeah, yeah. It's it's very similar to that. It's about sort of like like in the mouth of menace is very much like going into a town or a spe- like a small town that suddenly is is. It, you, you see the rottenness underneath right. when everything appears at very surface level to be what you understand to be reality and then you slowly, it, it sinks you further and further into something, into a space that is not is not real and is not right. Um, and I think in, in The Mouth of Madness did that for me and, and uh, it is, again, one of those lesser-known Carpenter movies that, I think people don't talk right. about enough. And like Sam Neill is one of the, I love Sam Neill and oh. everything. He's such a good, I mean, so Event Horizon, good. he's such a good horror oh my actor. God. Yeah. Uh, I want him to come back. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Well, actually, uh, he's from New Zealand, so he's best friends with my uncle, and that is a true story. Yeah, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand is what? fucking small, Prince. It is That's really true. small. That's true. The what? That is incredible. Yeah, I know, right? Holy. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Holy shit. When people make jokes about New Zealand having 12 people in the whole country, it's pretty much true. 
<laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Because I, I remember like from like friends and stuff when uh, what we do in the shadows uh, came out. Yeah. Because um, I actually went to New Zealand right when that came out, and I had the opportunity to actually see that at at uh, uh, um, some some park. For I don't know, it was weird. Okay. But yeah. uh, but uh, I saw it there, and it, it, I was just like, "This is fucking awesome. This is so cool." And I don't think we got in the states for maybe gosh, maybe another two or three years. Like, I don't think that came out until like 2009 for us or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that sounds that, about right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fascinating, like how small it is, but that's awesome that like your fucking uncle's friends with Sam Neill. That's so cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> but with the multiverse of madness, like I feel like, or multiverse, oh my gosh, that was my segue. Yeah. Uh, but with the mind of madness, um, it's so interesting where it's like this kind of this Lovecraftian story. Mm. Um, and I really feel like that kind of hit the nail for a lot of people where it's just like, oh, multiverse of madness with Doctor Strange coming out soon and, and things like that. And um, people trying to initially kind of trying to do their homework right. in a way. Um, so it's super fascinating seeing how all of that can uh, trans transition itself into a more mainstream group of people. Agreed. Um, and I even were talking to a, f- uh, a few people about, because um, the, the movie The Beach House just came out on Shudder. Which you and, recommended uh, to me and I've got on my list. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And um, a lot of people are bashing on it, and including uh, buddies of mine, a part of the podcast. Um, and I was just like, it, I was like, this is Lovecraft horror, though. Like, yeah. this is this is how this works. And the thing about Lovecraftian horror is the fact that you have this odd take with it that you don't really know how to conceive. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's it's so interesting where, and that's why I think a lot of people were so pissed off with Bird Box and things like that. Where it's just like. Once again, like even though I'm not the biggest fan of Bird Box, but once again, it's it's a Lovecraft movie. Like it's this is for Lovecraftian fans and things like that. Like it, it, this is the same type of thing where this is how Lovecraft wrote his yeah. stories, yeah. where he did not explain the monsters. He was just like the the monsters are so terrifying to look at, yeah. I can't even explain it. And that's that's initially what we're seeing. And I think for a lot of people, that's that's one of those things where it's just like, well, I don't understand what I'm looking at here. Like you need something really on the nose, like Reanimator or Color Out of Space. Exactly or, right. Or maybe even under uh, um, underwater. Is that it? Yeah, uh, the, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, the, the more uh, recent one with right. Um, <sighs> and and with all of that, like that, those are more of the on the nose type of ones. But then mm-hmm. when you get like Mountain of Madness or um, even, I would even say like taking as far as back as. Um, because I love Color Out of Space, but yeah. taking as far as back as, um, uh, gosh, I'm blanking out so hard on the name. Eh, it doesn't matter. You guys get my point. Yeah. <laughs> but Lovecraftian horror is a hard piece of horror that is hard to, to grasp. And, and it's mainly hard because a lot of people have changed aspects of it. There, There's no real true story, I feel like, besides Color Out of Space and um, H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator. Right. I feel like those are the only true stories that are on film, Yeah, uh, which is why there's no black people in them. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's that, that those are those types of uh, conceptualizations that I feel like a lot of people don't understand when it comes to those uh, types of films. But, no, 100%. 
But I'm so happy you said that, Ruby. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I just wanted to... <laughs> so draw happy you said it's, that. It's weird because as we've been talking, I've been thinking, like, do I want to keep going down the road of, like, you know, for sort of uh, less... Oh, sure. Less celebrated horror movies. Sure. But then I want to come back to a way more mainstream one. Because, which is fine. Like, which, like, which I just, you know, I, I have to be true to myself here. And yes. I've got to say... I've got to say The Fly. Oh, so, man. Oh. But, I mean, again, like, we're talking body horror. And, oh, and And it is, I think The Fly, again, is one of those movies where you watch it and every single time you get a thrill. Like, every True. single time you put that movie oh, on. You, it was you, a ride. Like, you still, the, the hair still stands up on, on, on the, you know, on your arms because it's just, it, you know what's going to happen, but it's still so. <sighs> So gross. So gross. And that movie is carried on the back of Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. Like as much as I love Cronenberg, uh, I truly believe that they were the two that kind of elevated that film into the stratosphere because they were both so, they're both so charismatic. This is the the two of them together are just insane. It's just charisma out the, the door. Um, so incredible, but it's also really like it, it's also really sad. It's it's one of those movies that True. those horror movies that sort of like you, you feel sick to watch, right. and at the end you just kind of want to cry. That's true. Yeah, and it, it drags That's a heartbreaking you, movie. It is. It drags you through that that whole gamut, and yeah. I. Uh, <sighs> I, I love it. it. Again, it's one of those movies <laughs> that I will go back to time and time again, and and it's profoundly disgusting. And I love introducing <laughs> it to new people because, again, to this day, it, the the effects stand up so well. Oh yeah. And you turn to the person sitting next to you, you know, with that shit-eating grin on your face <laughs> when you know when something gross is going to happen, you know, and like you're you're waiting and you're like. You know, Mr. Burns like steepling your fingers, and then you turn. Yes. And they're like, and they've got a pillow over their face because it's so, <laughs> so gross. Um, yeah, it's it is it is a it is a great movie. It's one of Cronenberg's greatest films. Uh, okay. And and again, it, it, for me, it was the, the Jeff Goldblum's most endearing role. I think. Oh, so true. And another even, I guess, a way to think about that with him and even Gina Davis in that film, but the fly just has this gusto to it that a lot of movies during that time, even though Cronenberg's, most of his films were very hyperactive with body horror. I mean, you have the brooding for God's sake, right? but um, it's, it's all of that that really makes you just feel like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. And especially at that time, and and I even, I still to this day always say, like, I just wish I could have watched horror films in that time. Same. Like, and I I just wish I could have been in the movie theater when that came out. I wanted to be there with everybody. I wanted to experience what they experienced at that time because I got these movies quite late from my brother. And um, my brother showed me, he, he never showed me The Fly. I actually discovered that one on my own. But, um, it was just things like when we first watched the thing and I was just like, wow, 
that it blew me away. It, it was kind of completely amazing. And then he was like, oh, if you like that, you'll like Alien. And then he showed me Alien. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is really fucking cool, too. And then he showed yeah. me Aliens. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, so it's it's so funny how all of this, especially when it comes to like body horror and sci-fi and all this other stuff, how it just plays so well with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's so interesting completely like yeah it is it is and i love that we've just had these very personal journeys with with horror and 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 body horror yeah. like is is something that it's always got like again uh it's, i was it's thinking a misunderstood genre it is a misunderstood genre and again i i come back to starry eyes and there was one and i was like desperately trying to look it up um, but I completely didn't know how to look it up as a, as a <laughs> French cannibal movie, which is the one I was trying to <sighs> French cannibal movie. Uh, uh, it, it might've even been called cannibal. Uh, no, it wouldn't have been called cannibal. Raw, raw, <laughs> raw. I was going to say, I was going to say, it sounds like raw. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's so that's what I was, that's what I was getting at. And that, that's another example of just like a, a incredible body horror film yeah. that, uh, I had a poll actually on Twitter recently, and right. uh, with that poll, I put Raw, Jennifer's Body, um, Ginger Snaps, and uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Okay, so and, they're definitely all in the extreme same subgenre, and I love right. it. And, and what came out on top? <laughs> uh, Jennifer's Body won. Okay, um, okay. And okay. I, I, I feel like I, it's the more widely known and widely right. watched one. Right. And I, I thought I was going to have a little bit of better luck with um, with it not winning because uh, I personally I don't mind it winning. I, I was going to probably eventually talk about Jennifer's body anyway. Yeah. But uh, I just thought more people were going to be like, oh, fuck, like we need you guys to talk about Raw and Raw came in third. And I was like, oh, man, interesting. Like I had a feeling once like the polls started, it was maybe the first 20 people. And I was like, I feel like this is going to be a tie between Ginger Snaps and Jennifer's Body. All right, all right. Ginger Snaps was like like two percent below it or something like that. With that, there's like two or three thousand people who voted for it, and I was like, "Fuck." Okay. <laughs> with that said, like I'm going to move on to my fourth pick, and oh. we're and we're and like now all rules are like anything that I said previously about like now I'm going to choose the you know <laughs> I'm going to go for a classic or I'm going to go for a, a, an an underdog. It's all out the window. Uh, let's okay. talk about let's Jennifer's it. body. I mean, sorry, fuck. Uh, not Jennifer's body. <laughs> That's the one we don't want to be talking about. Uh, let's talk about Ginger Snaps because Ginger, Ginger Snaps, Snaps. Let's do it. Like Ginger Snaps for me is again one of those movies that I will watch. It was streaming on Shutter the other day, and I was just immediately, just immediately, I had to watch it. Ginger Snaps oh. is one of those movies that is like so perfectly allegorical uh, that. I sort of can't believe it was made and it was made and, in, in, <laughs> you know, it was under the radar. It was, it was, again, it was, you know, Canadian. It was, right. uh, there weren't stars. It was, but yet somehow I saw it in New Zealand. Somehow it was brought to my attention awesome. in New Zealand. And I, I, I adored that film. I adore that film. I think there is something to be said about, uh, there, there are many things to be said. You just listed a whole bunch of things to be said about, like yeah. female sexuality, uh, right. as 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 horror, as horrific, as not 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 female sexuality as it stands. I mean, yes, that's that's true. But 
puberty and and growing into yourself and realizing Absolutely. what what your power is as a young woman is something mm-hmm. that has been explored in a fantastic way in, in horror, but in particular those those films that you listed in particular for me mm-hmm. it was it was uh, Ginger Snaps because that it is it is a horrific thing going through puberty as a as a as a girl like I don't Absolutely. think I don't think anyone. I've ever met has ever said, you know what I loved? Like female has ever said, you know what I loved? I loved puberty. That was awesome. <laughs> no, it's terrifying and disorientating and it's it turns you into a monster. And I loved that Ginger Snaps tapped into that in, su- in such a uh, perfectly allegorical way where you do feel like you are completely so out of control of your body and your brain. And, so good. And uh, again, it's just another example of horror uh, tapping into an experience and making it terrifying, but really it is already terrifying. And right. what you're seeing on the screen with this werewolf movie right. is, is, is reflective of what girls experience when they go through puberty. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, for you know, for you know, I'm not speaking for everyone. I I, I was a sure. mon- I was a, I personally was a monstrous 13 year old, so I can only <laughs> talk about my own experiences. But yeah, like it, it it is it is it is so well done, and again, it's so sad and it's so right. um, gross uh, because puberty is gross, um, yeah. and it's, yeah, puberty's not fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's just one of those movies that is like that I think just just does that so well. And again, when was that movie made? It was it's it's old it now. Like it's right? yeah, it's or it's, maybe early 2000s. Maybe early 2000s. Like it's been around for a while. And again, I watched on Shutter really recently and it was still as good as I had remembered. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. Yeah, and I I remember the first time I had the opportunity to watch um Gender Snaps. And it, I, it was my uncle who initially was just like, hey, have you seen this yet? And he had it on DVD. And yeah. I was like, no, I haven't seen this. And and I, when I got it into my hands, I was like, oh, wow. This is this is intense. And I, I want to say it was maybe 2004-ish, maybe yep. five. I was maybe in seventh or eighth grade when I first had the opportunity to see Gender Snaps. And um, like – I remember having a, a huge crush on Catherine Isabel first and foremost, but I mean, same. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> right. So I was just like, I was like, okay, well, this is really cool, and <laughs> and like, I was like, this is high school, and this is it, it. It just felt so interesting because it was just like it was in the suburbs, yeah. and and it was it was just like you said, it was puberty, right? And like, I in a lot of movies, I felt like have had the opportunity to explore things like this, like um, uh, teeth. Um, uh, Raw also even explored uh, certain aspects of this. Obviously, not so to the point of transforming, but um, Teeth was, actually. Teeth was. (laughs) (laughs) was. But but it it is so intriguing, like, seeing how... And I haven't seen Ginger Snaps, honestly, in years. Yeah. And I I need to revisit it. I think it's on Tubi right now. Um, And I really need to revisit it. But Ginger Snaps, I just remember it being so iconic. And I remember used to watching it over and over and over again. And I just absolutely adored it. Yeah. And it's just, it's so 
fucking fantastic. Yeah. And I love when someone takes the ideation of initially something like puberty and saying puberty is a monstrous thing. Puberty turns you into a monster. And and I love how hyperactive that was, especially in like Jennifer, Jennifer's body. And, yeah. um, and even I would even go as far as to say uh, let the right one in or let me in. Yeah. Um, where you get that type of sensation of this person who was stuck in this age and it's kind of repeating itself over and over and over and over again. And I, I know true blood tried to do the same thing, but it didn't really work. It was, it was very interesting how true blood did it, but uh, it's still that concept of them constantly going through this particular hell that they can't escape from. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's one of the reasons why I absolutely adore let the right one in and let me in. Yeah. I, and I actually love them equally. I, I think they're both very well done. Um, I, and plus to me personally, let me in's not that different from let the right one in. Um, I'll be, I'll scenes. be real with you. I haven't seen, I haven't <gasps> seen let me in. I've seen let the right one in and I adored it. And then let me in. I skipped it because oh, I, I want you to watch it so bad. I, okay. I'll watch it. It's just like, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I went through, so I went through a phase of watching every American remake and you know, for better or worse, this like some, some remakes were better than the originals. Some were far worse. Okay, sure. but I have. Uh, you're not the only one who said this to me, so I will watch it. I I, I cannot wait to know your thoughts because this is a really really good one. It, it's it's very on par with like how Funny Games was, right? And it's it's because I have watched that, the Funny Games American version, and yes, I like that was an incredible remake. Oh God, wow! It, it's just beat for beat, just yeah. absolutely beautiful. It's just absolutely loved it. Um, what a rough movie, though. Oh, that so is a, that like is a movie. It, oh, that's also New Zealand too, correct? Funny Games. Yeah. No, Funny the, Games is the original was German, I believe. German. Oh, you're correct. Yes, yeah. you're, you're you're right. German. Yeah. Um, right. but like, thank you for attributing New Zealand to incredible <laughs> horror films because I will take I, that. Yeah, I as I do <laughs> as, as one does as one does I. I, I even like Australians uh, uh, horror films as well. Like well, Australia Will, like Wolf does Creek and stuff. Australia does. They love their murder. Fantastic horror movies, like I, they do. Um, and and so does New Zealand. They're, speaking of Sam Neill, he actually did a ma- an amazing documentary called uh, the Oh God, what is what is it called? The 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 Cinema of Unease, I believe it's called. It's a New Zealand documentary oh, okay. about how uh, New Zealand's films are all about feeling intimidated by its landscape because the mm. the landscape in New Zealand is so dramatic and it makes people insane and so some of the uh, movies that 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 have have come out of New Zealand have been all about that and uh, uh, similarly in 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 Australia because Australia has so much you know, the outback is so unknown right. and terrifying and, right. and and who knows what's out there. And, like, that has been explored in a, in a, in a, a, very, a very profound way. And even that movie that we, we both just were talking about, uh, Relic, recently, that we both, you oh, know, yeah. we're, we're talking about, like, that does the same thing. I mean, not it's not set in the outback, but it's set in sure. rural 
a rural part of Australia where there is, you know, there's this house and Mm. it's in, you know, God knows where, and it is, it is isolated and it is large and it is dwarfed by its surroundings, (laughs) right? You know, and like when she, when the grandmother goes off into the distance and it's like, God knows where she's going because Australia, the Australian landscape, the New Zealand, that the, our landscapes swallow you whole as a person. Yeah. And I think that movie makers have tapped into that in such a smart way. Um, Vincent Ward, for example, an incredible New Zealand movie maker uh, and, and you know, countless up-and-comers from Australia. Uh, yeah. Like, the, you know, the, some of the most incredible films, horror films, are coming out of the Southern Hemisphere, which I love, which I love. And, I'm, you know, I'm proud to be from from a from a from a country that makes great horror movies. I lived in Australia for eight years, so proud of Australia as well. Usually, wouldn't say that because you know we're like we've got a little beef with each other. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, no, I, don't, I don't know if the All Blacks are gonna like that. <laughs> hey, shout out to the All Blacks. I love that you even know who the All Blacks are. Oh, yeah, um, like I said, I, I lived there for four I, months. I, I love it. I love it, Prince. Um, but Went look, to a few rugby games. I, I adore that. I adore that. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot to explore in that. In that, have you seen Heavenly Creatures? I have. Okay. Good, because mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite. I, I'm not going to count it as a horror movie, but like that's one of my favorite films. Of yeah, it's, it's definitely more of like a fantasy, but I still consider it part of the genre. Yeah. It, it's weird because I, I consider a lot of different types of horror films, which aren't even uh, strictly horror, right. a part of the genre as a whole because it's just like no one truly knows where to place them. So I'm just like, we'll take them. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Us, us, like the horror community will accept you. <laughs> 100%. We will love to take you. It's, it's, I, I had an argument about a year or so ago right. where someone was trying to argue that Silence of the Lambs was not a horror film. And I was just like, hold on. <laughs> You're wrong. Silence of the Lambs is a psychological slasher film. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. <laughs> no, no, totally. But also, we like, want like that—that that is ours. <laughs> but so many horror, like, so many directors of that era, specifically, like, some of the great horror directors would be very reluctant to call their seminal horror movies horrors. So I interviewed, right. and, and, and I interviewed because back in Australia, I used to do a lot more uh, like entertainment, like journalism than I do uh, over in the United States. But I interviewed Ridley Scott on the set oh, of uh, Coven- Covenant. You, you just, you've had just the fucking coolest life. God damn it. It's, it's <laughs> I did been, not expect you to hit me that hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. Um, but, you know, we had, we did have a very limited, like, like don't, it's, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like all, you know, all hands on deck. Like, every, sure, sure. you know, ask any question he wanted. We had a very, very limited time with him. And I asked him a question about Alien because Alien's one of my favorite horror movies. And I asked him a question about like, you know, is it is this movie? This is before I'd seen Covenant, obviously. Uh, right. You know, is is this going to be as as a horror film like Alien was? Because Alien is 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 a horror movie. It's a haunted house movie 100%. in space. Like it is it is beat for beat a horror film. Absolutely. And uh, he said, well, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call alien horror. I wouldn't blah, blah, blah. He, you know, he used some other word. It was the same oh, when I interviewed, point. it was the same when I interviewed um, M. Night uh, Shyamalan. And he, 
said that the visit wasn't a horror movie because these really? these I mean and I'm not I, I hate to 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 compare the two because they're not they're yeah, not they're really they're very but, different but they're very different directors but you know they're still but they're, they're both still, horror films they're still known <laughs> for for very specific horror films yeah. and um yeah. you know it, it was when I was when I was on that that entertainment beat it made me realize that directors were afraid and ashamed to call their movies mm. horror because for so many years horror has come with a stigma attached to it that right. like horror is is cheap and shitty and like it has nothing to say and it's all for shock value or for laughs mm. like there's no kind of middle ground uh, and I think the '80s went a long way to perpetuating that, uh, perpetuating mm-hmm. that stereotype. The '90s didn't help either. The '90s <laughs> didn't help because it was all like all of a sudden like sarcastic and self-reflective, yeah. and and yeah, but no, then what you did last summer, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you know where we are now, and just bringing it back uh, to to being so stoked to be a horror fan now is we're seeing directors like. You know, like Jordan Peele, unafraid to say right. this is a horror movie. Absolutely. Like this is a horror film. I'm making a horror film, and like, like people who have grown up with the horror genre uh, and who love the horror genre, as opposed to sort of butting their heads against it, uh, mm-hmm. saying, "Yeah, fuck yeah, my films are horror. Like I love right. it." And, 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 you know, I, I think that's only going to continue because we've come a long way since the 80s and 90s. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and now we're kind of, I think, I feel like we're in another kind of golden age for the horror genre. Right. And with that, I will announce my final. Yes. Uh, my final film that I, I, I guess is in my top five for today because it's certainly not going to be in my <laughs> top five tomorrow. Uh <laughs> And, and that is going to be Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh, and I, my. And I just. Oh, whoa. This is, this is an E3 presentation. Oh, my God. You just announced the PlayStation 6. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I just. I just wanna, oh, I applaud it's you. It's just another one of those movies. And, like, listen, I've got, like, I could have said anything. There, I love, like, I have a. A brain full of favorites that I could have, that I wanted to say, but like I'm just in the mood to talk about, like very briefly, because we don't have much time, but talk about Wes Craven's New right. Nightmare, um, which was the, the 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 kind of prototype for Scream, uh, oh. which sort of took a genre, not not a genre, took a franchise and then put it on its head. And somehow made it, not somehow, I mean, it categorically it made it, yeah. it incredibly frightening. Um, and I, I think that, that New Nightmare is one of those movies that, you know, when we talk about, like, the Nightmare series, uh, Dream Warriors and, and, and you know, uh, number two right. and, and, of course, the original and, like, there are those ones that always pop up and are spoken with, with such... Uh, prestige but I think that New Nightmare did something that was really unnervingly sincere uh, and again it was one of those movies that just that stuck with me I'll watch again and again and again and it's still it's still 
scares me. It still frightens me. I think that we, whenever a director says, hello, this is something that is fictitious and that is ridiculous and fun and you're sitting, you know, you've grown up with it and you watch it with your friends with popcorn and like illicit beers that you've stolen from your parents' uh, fridge and, and, (laughs) and then a director comes along who created that and says, hey, this is, this is what you think you know, but it's not. It, again, it's that sense of being wrong and, like, it's wrong and it's yeah. different and it's real now and it's something that should get under your skin. And, and, and New Nightmare did that for me. And, like, yeah, sure, some parts of it, like, upon rewatching, are kind of ropey, but... Sure. Um, yeah. the, the freeway scene. And all yeah, that stuff. Slight, yeah, and slightly under, like characters are slightly underwritten. Uh, right, but yeah. it, it is still such a, a, a bold, bold, unnerving ride. Um, and it's, it, you know, and you kind of had to have grown up on those. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. On those, on those, uh, those nightmare movies, which we all did, I suppose, because Freddy was the monster of the eighties, and like he's, right. you know, for me, he growing up in the nineties, he was kind of the still kind of the monster of the nineties. Um, and he was a scary dude. <laughs> he was a scary dude. <laughs> He's a scary dude. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like I thought that that New Nightmare was just so frightening like it's it's just such a scary (laughs) like it's just so unnerving and uh, you know again like sometimes you're talking about a movie and you're like you want to analyze it but other times you just want to say like it's fucking scary right yeah and I I am right there with you I absolutely adore New Nightmare and New Nightmare is one of my favorite Nightmare on Elm Streets I am just so such a fan of the fact that it was like it was taunting and, it, and it, it, everyone was their own person as well. Like Playing Robert themselves. England was, yeah. And it's just genius. Absolutely yeah. genius. And at the time, I've never seen anything like this before um, besides a documentary. Exactly. And I was just like, this is interesting. And then we got Scream. Right. In 1996. And you're just like. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I I see what he was doing. Yeah, and and, and exactly, wow. exactly, and it's weird because when I saw Scream, um, it wasn't know, until Scream, New Nightmare clicked. Like, well, I, I mean, for me, I, I'd seen New Nightmare before Scream. Same. Somehow, again, New Zealand through, <laughs> through my dad, um, and 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 Scream for me was like I I sort of thought, okay, this is fun, and this is. This is like this is fun, but for me, it, Scream was never scary, and I think right. that I think it was because I'd seen New Nightmare, which was again like a proto Scream, and right. was way darker than Scream was, like oh, yeah. so much darker than Scream. Oh yeah, and so you, Scr- you, you're not going to get better than the hospital scene. The hospital scene. Oh, oh my, my god! god. <laughs> wow. Like you're just not going to get better than that, and like Freddie looked good like he we've did. never seen him like we we saw a lot of budget in that moment i know like, it was just the contacts the skin looks great i don't think he's like, ever looked better like i think for me same? he was the best he was the scariest freddy like i think Hands that down. that you know obviously there was the remake and i thought that was a massive mistake um yeah. and obviously freddy original was was 
frightening in the original uh, sure. nightmare, but like in subsequent uh, entries, he became goofy and right. he was kind of he, like a clown, you know, like yeah. he became a, a sort of a an Elvira figure almost. And, and yeah. yeah. I've thought about that way, but yeah, that makes total sense. You know, and it's like, and but this was a, a really dark, gross, scary Freddy and, yeah. and, you know, full of terrifying children, which is always a a thing that works on me, you know, uh, and it's, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. And again, if like anyone who hasn't seen that is, it is oh. listening and who loved scream, um, please watch new nightmare because it's, please. it's, it's, it's a darker, more fucked up. Uh, 100%. <laughs> again, so a proto, good. a proto screen. So yeah. So good. All right. One last question that I have for you and then I'm going to go ahead and let you go, but sure. The the question I have to ask everyone, it's our iconic question. Okay. Lucy, I got to ask you, why horror? What is this about this genre? Like, why why this genre? Horror is two things for me. I think it's, again, as I've sort of said before, I think it's the most flexible genre in which to tell the most profound human stories. Right. Uh, and Absolutely. that is like, that's kind of, the, that's the answer. I uh, I, I, that's, that's my first answer. My second answer is uh, sometimes, and I, I think it was, I think it was Stephen King who said this, but like, I really related to it. Uh, sometimes you need to let your inner psycho roll around in the grass <laughs> a little bit uh, before yeah. getting back into its, you know, human suit. And I think that that is what horror is 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 for me. It's 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 cathartic. It's a it's a mo- it's a it's two hours in which I can jump out of myself and roll around in the ground screaming and then get back in. You know, <laughs> I love it. That makes me I sound like it. a real psycho, but uh, no, it's... no, no. That that makes me sound quite sane. <laughs> it's a Stephen King quote, so you know he's very sane. <laughs> <laughs> that honestly, that makes I I couldn't have said it better myself. Like that. Horror has always been such a a cathartic type of thing. I even put earlier on Twitter today, um, initially talking to, very briefly about like the black experience uh, and horror in, mm. in general. Mm. And um, I've always had this concept in my head, and this is this is mainly um, derived from uh, Tanana Riv Do, right? Um, who and she's fantastic. Mike. Amazing, she's yeah, amazing. Um, but she always has said something that has stuck with me for years. Black history is black horror. And that, that piece of something that is a part of my past, um, and, and present, it still has some of it still happening now. Yeah. And all of that is, is that, that, that to me is truly scary. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's weird because it's one of those things where, there's certain days where you're just like, like I oddly fear feel afraid to leave my house today, and and it's just like I just have a bad feeling or whatever, and most people do get those bad feelings on any common day or anything like that, and and it, whether it be like a run in with a cop or or someone gives you a dirty look or something like that, like you just get such such an interesting sensation when you're put in that predicament and 
that particular reason is the reason why I choose horror to be my main catalyst to relaxation. Yeah. And that particular and it sounds odd to even say this but just like how you said it you said it beautifully where horror is cathartic because it allows you to not have to i don't know like like you you get to be someone else in a way and and at the same time you're truly yourself it's so weird but it's it's that type of feeling and that type of sensation that i get uh when i also watch horror and when I hear stories, because uh, my, my grandmother would always tell me these cautionary tales as as most most people did have where it was like certain tales of like, oh, don't don't look under the bed. The boogeyman's going to get you or you got to go to sleep at this this specific time or whatever. And I personally have never gotten those as a kid. I've never gotten the boogeyman. I've never gotten like I've never heard of the boogeyman until I was maybe like 15 and which was odd to a lot of people. But the horror stories that I got were the real ones for like, I I got stories of Emmett Till and stories of lynching stories of the Tulsa massacre Um, as in just how all of that were the, were my cautionary tales to initially be like, these are the types of things that you don't want to either watch yourself on or fall prey to or, or be aware of. And um, we've been taught that at such a young age that it's something that has ingrained in inside of us and even learning about slavery and, 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 um, the 13th amendment and, and all that stuff. And that's, that to me is the real horror. And when I see films like get out and, um, like, uh, I would, I'll even take it back to 1964 with, uh, uh, night of the living dead Mm-mm. and, where you see that and it's still some type of position of incarceration that feels so trapped. And, and those are the movies that make me flutter a little bit. Like it, it makes me emotional. It makes me, makes my heart kind of start to pound a little bit faster. And those are the ones that actually scare me because those are the ones that remind me of my history. And it's, it's so, it's so fascinating how horror has this uh, instillment into whether it be our past a childhood type of thing or whether it be something that is a little bit more social justifying or anything like that. Uh, and, and same thing with Get Out. And just to even say very quickly, because I understand you have to go. My apologies, but no, 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 very- don't apologize. This is this is so like this is making me, this is amazing, and like I, I, you're speaking to something that I have not experienced, but you're speaking to it in a way that's making me understand. And yeah, like please keep going. Thank you, thank you. Uh, but even with uh, spokes of get out. And when Chris goes into the sunken place, like for me personally, that always felt like jail, a place that I've never wanted to go, mm. uh, a place that I've, I've always uh, used as a crutch for myself to say, OK, these, these are all the steps that I can take to make sure I try not to go there kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's so it's so uh, demonizing in a way when it, when it came to being shown in get out, but it was, it was shown beautifully. It wasn't um, diminishing or anything like that. 
but it was one of those things where it's just like sometimes you just don't have that choice. Yeah. And that it and it it it, it felt like that. It, it felt like like Chris was just the pick of the litter. And that's how it felt with um when when you think about the black experience and also horror in general and it's it's just such a a pinpoint and and in such an interesting way that just makes it so valuable to understand horror as a piece of cathartic entertainment and because everyone always gives me very odd looks and things like that and i never have the time to truly explain it to them as to why this is something that is so cathartic but this is this is the reason why it, it, it's because of my history it's because of my past and it and it's because of my ancestors history um is the reason as to why i'm so attracted to this genre and um and I, I know I keep talking about Get Out, but Get Out is just the perfect representation of it all that really hit it to hit it like hit the nail on the head where Chris, when he's in the, in the chair and the only thing that saves him his life is initially putting cotton in his ears mm. and the same concept of picking cotton. And that's kind of a. a, a that is the more on the nose subliminal message. But then if you go deeper, it's, it's more so like he thought of his ancestors and what his ancestors actually did for him to allow him to have a life. And that is how further back that I would even see it. And every time I watch get out, I always, I always get teary eyed every time I watch get out because of all of the, uh, generational, gaps that I've, I've experienced just by stories and things like that. And, um, he, even hearing stories of my grandmother and how she initially grew up in the South and how she had to deal with racism from initially both sides of black and white. And because she was black, but she was also very light skinned with blue eyes. And it's, it's that type of thing that is something that is always battled upon and it's just so interesting and so intriguing to see how this immaculate misconception mm. has evolved into initially me enjoying horror and and, and that's why i always ask that question because it's so fascinating to hear other people's perspective on that particular question i think and, i think what you just answered yeah. is is Horror lets us feel things that we may find it hard right. to feel otherwise. Uh, like, I mean, I think that that is, again, we have incredibly different experiences in life. Uh, right. But, um, you know, I mentioned that I was always, I always felt welcome to horror as a queer person. Right. And you felt welcome to horror as a black person. Mm. And like, I, I think that there's so much that horror ha has told us about our histories and about our experiences. And I just yeah. think that's, it's so, it's so beautiful that we ha can have this genre and, uh, and it's still very 
Um, it's still very misconstrued. Even in 2020, it's still misunderstood. But like, I think right. <laughs> those of us who know it's worth, like really fucking know it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Lucy, thank you so much. You honestly have been such a fantastic guest. You are, uh, honestly, you're invited anytime you want to Prince, be on this show. Please, like, invite me again. I could talk to you forever hours this has been <laughs> such a delight you are oh, just so wonderful to talk to and I love oh thank you I appreciate that no you are and I've just I've loved every minute of it so thank you so much for inviting me on the show absolutely I'm glad you had such a good time Lucy where can people find you on the internet if you would like them to yeah of course um you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh at Lucy O'Brien and any kind of feature content you see on IGN.com that is anything that is not a news piece or a review, uh, review or a preview uh, generally comes uh, through me. Uh, so please enjoy that. Uh, click like and subscribe, I suppose, <laughs> is how we end things these days. That, that's, that's initially how it all goes. <laughs> Well, Lucy, thank you so much. You honestly, you were fantastic. Um, but this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And on the other end there, we had Lucy O'Brien over at IGN. Thank you once again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Our efforts to get our show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.